in this episode of the On Common Ground podcast. I would just show up. Like, I would float in, be in the background, be like... That Play dir- some wicked guitar. That director chick is cute. And <laughs> skip out. And you just ghost out of it. <laughs> go to, the, go yeah. to the other group. I mean, for clarification, we did not know each other in high school. No, we didn't. It was no. just an analogy. But... One of our fantasies is thinking about what would we like? Would we have been into each other like that? I think so. He's Hey there, friends, and welcome to episode nine of the On Common Ground podcast. This is Austin, one of your hosts for season one, along with Jordan, Allison, and our producer, Kristen. This week, we continue our conversation with Chris Hawks and Miranda Don of Don and Hawks. That being said, instead of introducing this episode, I'm just going to go straight into it. Here is part two of our conversation with Don and Hawks. It was a lot of serendipity for us, yeah. Yeah. And it felt that way in the moment. Yeah, it did. Like, and on stage, like you were asking before, it felt super comfortable performing together, even though I, like, right before I walked on stage, I suddenly realized, like, no one could turn around, and this could be the biggest embarrassment ever. <laughs> but I don't know why I hadn't thought that until that point, <laughs> and there was, like, no going back, and here I am walking through the doors. Yeah. Um, but then we just went out there and did what we'd normally do, and it wasn't until we were done performing that I turned and suddenly looked at these famous people facing me and they looked like Muppets. Like, oh, I didn't believe they were real people. <laughs> in those big yes. old chairs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they looked teeny tiny and sparkly and like definitely there must have been some like puppet strings on set. I just couldn't even, I, it was like I didn't speak English. I had no idea what they were saying. Yeah. They were just moving and it was like wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and I'm sure I was making weird faces at them like what? Come again? You were, you were smiling and nodding a lot. I think yeah. I was. And it was like, it was like being uncomfortably stoned at a board meeting. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, it's like, Absolutely. That's a nightmare. Oh my god. Now say it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when when Adam Levine when he like you know fell on the floor and was like right. and like saying that and there's a lot of things they cut out of him saying like different influences that he heard and. When he said all of that, I mean, my jaw was just, I was like, this is really happening. This is not really happening. And again, I'm glad they didn't show my face during that part because I was looking at him like, you are insane. No way this is happening. <laughs> it's, a lot of t- it's a lot of TV. There's a lot of, yeah. There's yeah. A lot of aspects, yeah. you know, it, sure. it, it's TV. And but it's, did you get some good coaching? I was curious. Huh. Like, as coaches, well, and also, they're supposed to. Behind, well, and, and behind before the scenes. The, before that, though. Behind the scenes. Yeah. Did you already... I, I want to know this. Uh, sorry, I, I'm like... I'm super... Uh, I'm super obsessed with the emotions that someone goes through yeah. in, like, insane pivotal situations like yeah. that. Yeah. But, like, you guys and every artist, they take, like, you know, like, 30, 45 seconds to talk. Oh yeah. <laughs> Did you already know who you were no. gonna pick? No, 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 no. no. In fact, oh, I think yeah. we were going. We were thinking uh, differently. Um, Every day. <laughs> w- w- you know, one one thing is is like after he, you know after um, Adam said that um, the his favorite whatever that was probably the thing we were like. He, so we should talk about the fact that he actually said that on TV. Like, can somebody, somebody says that, like they said it on TV. How much can they mean that? Like your brain goes. Was that just the biggest load of BS? And then it kind of makes you feel like that was too much. You know, like mm. it felt like that was inauthentic because it was too much. Oh, wow. You know, and so like you're weighing that. It's just a lot. There's a lot to think about all at once. I was really it, happy to be done with a lot of those lot to think about processes and be back to where the stage is like a comfortable place and not this weird um, half operating table, half performance place sort of vibe where you're like, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people don't. It, it, and again, I always say it's TV, you know, like yeah. it's, and it's different and TV is different than music. They are not the same thing. You yeah. Know? Like they have a different, um, different fan base, a different, uh, speed for one thing. TV is very fast and people consume TV very fast. Think about how you consume Netflix. You're like, yeah, yeah. I just cruise through like three seasons while I eat this burrito, you know? Yeah. Like, that's, that was, that was four <laughs> years of people's lives. That's so that it's the amount of time you yeah. listen to it. Yeah, yeah, you consume it so differently. Yeah, so. yeah. you sorry, and I uh, the coaching. I loved. Yes, I wanted to know about the coaching. Sorry. Yeah, if you guys learned some. That's probably the most realistic part of the process was the behind the scenes coaching um, aspect of it. Like, would they have a like a, a vocal coach? Um, Trelawney is her name, and she so she she coaches all of everybody. So she she's like it's her full time every day. For like an hour, she has an hour with each person or each group or whatever. 
So she, it's an intense, man, what an intense mm-hmm. job she has. Um, but And so what she does is she takes the hour that you spent with, say, Adam Levine in our case, and she takes notes and she's there during that session. And then you go back to the hotel you're staying in and you have a couple sessions with her over the course of a week where she mm-hmm. reminds you of the notes you were given and then works on you to try to achieve you know, that same that goal thing. or that outcome. Yeah. And with us, like, I went into it going, cool, I'm ready to learn whatever they have to teach. I've never gone through anything like that musically. Like, all my guitar playing, all that's self-taught. I just feel music. I have no idea what the actual, like, words and goals and how do we work on this daily. Cool. Just, like, throw it at me. I was ready. And we went into it, and the, a lot of what they kept saying was, you guys just keep doing what you're doing. That's good. And I was like, but I'm ready to learn. (laughs) And they were like, that's good. Keep doing what you're doing. But that in itself was a good lesson. It was like, okay, so what I'm doing is enough. We got some insightful stuff. But it was a window into, um, and they were definitely, they were pretty realistic. Like They were like, if you want to do it like this, then, um, you know, emote more and move around more and wear this clothing and you know you need to wear more accessories and we'll need to do your hair and but if you want to do that then do that thing and we'll see how that works that's that's very interesting i would have thought like uh just egotistically that it would be difficult to take what's been successful for you and have somebody give you specific because like the measure of success though too like you know and every, like what is success you know and like for them success is 17 million viewers or whatever and, and like it like they monetize that pretty effectively and so it's a different measure I like success. that I went on to it at an age that I, like where I already yeah. knew who I was and I knew what felt like home and what felt good to me if I had been 16 doing this it might have been a very different story although some 16 year olds have like a strong divining rod and they know what's up but um, you know, I just wouldn't have been rough around the edges like I was when I went in, and I was comfortable being that. And so, yeah, it was a lot easier for me to say, that doesn't feel like me. I'm going to do what feels like me. Well, and after playing music full-time for a decade and trying a bunch of different things and trying to be very, like, specific to, like, your uh, your principles and trying to, like, do, do things. I'm going to do things grassroots, and I'm going to do it. You kind of get to a point where you're like, yeah, screw it. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. give me that shirt. I'll see how yeah. it looks. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 You know? Like, we like Bud Light. Yeah, you were okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, at that point you're like, what? I mean, unless they touched his hair, then he was not open to it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I was open to it until they until they did some like they did some crazy stuff with it. Did and they chop was, on it? No, no, they just no. they just like blew it blew my hair out. Oh, like this one, one But then there was like one hairdresser who came over and he was like, Nobody touches Chris's hair. Okay, Chris's hair is perfect the way it is, no one touches it. And he would like be the protector of Chris's hair. Do you guys have <laughs> hair arguments ever? Because you both have extraordinary like I gotta say good it's hair. pretty amazing. Yeah. Oh, thanks. That's the only hair the only hair <laughs> that ever comes up is if I post an Instagram photo and Chris doesn't like his hair. Then he's like, no, you gotta take that, that oh. photo down. We're, we're, you know, we're aging artists, you know, like when you're young and you have like twice the amount of hair and, you know. Like a- you can, aging artists. You I'm like, wait, it. what's the no? Oh, hold on. <laughs> Such yeah. a like se- yeah. se- selfie world too, where like you, people spend too much time looking at what we look like in a yeah. picture, and not enough time what you sound like on a record. Yeah. What, what's what's the other side? What, oh, I don't know. What, what are they not, not enough, enough time, time doing? not doing that? And like, <laughs> well, you had a good point. It's like they were they were curious if you want your image to go in this direction, there's these set yeah. of perimeters, yeah. and, you know, mm-hmm. and it's the same as self. And they were pretty realistic. Oh, yeah. They were like, this is a TV show. And people will watch it because we do this. And like even the produ- like the, the, the producer that does all the recordings, you know, he was like, um, you know, realistically, I was like, do you guys ever, are you ever open to like input on how the track will sound, you know? And they were like, kind, kind of, hmm. you know, kind of. And as you move along through the process, you have more time. He's like, to be honest with you, when you have like... Um, 45 minutes to record a song. Yeah, 48 artists that are recording a single a week. Um, yeah, we, we do it pretty well, quick. And we do it the way that we yeah. do it. And, you know, so he was, and they were realistic about it, you know. He was like, I really like to do things more earthy and organic, you know, but within reason, his version of earthy and organic would, you know, make Ethan Johns pass out. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you guys kind of answered the rest of my questions that I had about that. But, you know, what were, I mean, you sound like you, but you had, you'd already come to a place where you wanted to be done. 
uh, on uh, in that with that experience. Um, the, the main thing is like like summer camp. Whenever it's like you get to the you end, you're like cry. you want to go get home, homesick. you want to go to your bed, yeah. you know, and all those kinds of things. But at the same time, you're like, but my buddies, I'm like, my buddies, and you gotta like hug them and leave them, you know. Yeah. What were yeah. the what were the like three or four days like when you got back? Actually, well, we didn't have three or four days. We had like a 24-hour period before exactly. it aired. Yeah, on. we had already filmed all three of our rounds that we had progressed through. And then we came home and 24 hours later, that first round aired. Wow. And so it was really strange because we had had months of already knowing the outcome, already knowing like we made it through blinds and we already knew how many rounds <laughs> we had gone through. But then we did that final round flew home and suddenly the world knew that we had performed the Beatles song and so yeah it was really strange to it's, digest it feels cool. different knowing like yeah I made it around just between the two of you there's and a everyone else there's a certain vibe you get when you come home from a long tour where you're like happy to be home but you're also kind of like there's like a certain like postpartum almost kind of thing you know yeah. you're like a little bit like it's a little bit like hmm well, there, yeah, and, this... and, and there's there was a little bit of that, but it didn't get to last very long because the next day is when it aired, and it was like everything just went you know crazy because mm -hmm. of the exposure. Yeah, and stuff. So, I think it's interesting that you just said that. I wanna I wanna take that as like a, yeah. a way to move into the songs. Okay. Um, because both songs are a lot about traveling, they're yeah. about journeys. Um, you know the 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 almost like the work life of the traveling musician mm -hmm. and like how how that can affect you emotionally. It's, it seems like to me, uh, from both from Ryan Adams and in y'all's song. Mm -hmm. um, so if you want to grinch up into the Ryan sure, Adams song. Um, sure, Yeah. Uh, why? Why Ryan Adams? Why, yeah, why, oh my God, whatever, I mean, et cetera. It, I, I, know, <laughs> I, I, I know I like him. <laughs> but, yeah. but why would you? Um, well, we had a pretty hard time with it. Um, with we definitely, the song. I, I laughed at uh, Kristen's explanation of it's threatening to rip your band apart from trying to pick a song. <laughs> Did like, you say that? I was like, pretty, that happen? It's pretty stinking accurate. Like it was, we were, we were like, like no, we can't do that song because that's only this part. <laughs> to so. clarify, Kristen is our producer on yes. Common Ground. Right. Just yeah. for the listener, yes. In case they're it's not like reading us, yeah. And so, um, and we talked, and we actually, we had like several, several like uh, other artists that we had, we were like, well, we could pick, um, like uh, Gillian Welch, Dave Rawlings, um, mm. like hit oh, such a good mark yeah. too. Um, they are so good. So, so, so good. good. And then there we are. We had the Wood Brothers Wood as Brothers, an option, we had the Shins uh, as an option. Blind Pilot was yes. another, you know, like we had some, we had some ones that we were like, man, that would, that would really, but um, you know, the multi facetedness of Ryan Adams, I think, was probably a thing. Like, he's, he's a really versatile artist, mm -hmm. um, great songwriter, great singer-performer, and also does a bunch of different genres. And I think, like, we like to do different genres, and and um, so that definitely speaks to us. And then also on on this particular track, one thing that's really cool about it, I think is the production is it kind of hits a mark. I was I was hoping to hit with ours with our record. Where the heart and soul is, um, in his case, like his acoustic guitar and his voice, and with ours is our acoustic guitars and our vocals. But then the extra little, like, um, like the little little nuggets of um, you know flavor of different different things um, that kind of add to it, like make the like push the dynamic of the song up, mm -hmm. you know. Mm. But at the same time, you can still hear. The heart and soul of it being that if you saw just him and the guitar, yeah. nothing would be lost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. trying to hit that, and we were trying to do that with the production of this record, so that the songs still had like all of the legs they needed to to you know travel as far as they could with their the vibe and the lyric, but also translate right back to just the two guitars right. and two vocals. Well, and and I think that like that was a huge. I mean, that was obviously the first parallel that I heard both songs was the, the soundscape was so right. like that rich full instrumental soundscape that had the percussive element going forward but no right. percussion right, right. yeah and right. the heart was in that soundscape and, yeah. and a lot in the like the space that you let be created around right. with the very selective layers uh, and like and I think in his song there's like there's two guitars, a banjo and a piano. Yep. Um, and a harmony. No, harmony. Yeah, well, yeah, and the harmony. And it sounds like yes. more. Very important. <laughs> it sounds like that, that acoustic guitar yes. is you so know. important. The way that mm -hmm. the, the way, way the two acoustics, like one being very percussive in certain parts, the banjo being put yeah. in percussively in mind. You know, yeah. like it each adds to that full band feel, even though it's very simple instrumentally. 
And we've seen a few artists. Uh, I was trying actually on the way over. I was trying to think of like who does this live and really. Um, and the the most recent was the Patty Griffin uh, show that we opened up, that and she excellent. like her yeah. the instrumentation she had on stage was so. It was like that where everything was very. Um, um, like real expressive and like just like nice flavors on top of this like ba- bass element, you know. Yeah. Without your typical like drums, bass, guitar. Here we go, everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a lot of that was like Billy Harvey playing in the back, like almost like with a toy chest of instruments. Making oh my it god, sound I love really him. Fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. Crazy. Wait, he's, he was on stage with uh-huh, yeah Patty or uh-huh. you guys? Yeah, and and she had a bass no and guitar idea. as well. But yeah, it was really great. We we Craig got to and Craig Ross, the guy that's always, he's always with. But and then uh, remember when we saw Casey Chambers at One World Theater mm-hmm. and she had her dad playing with her and some other things and they Electric they sort of did this like different instrumentation than just your standard your standard yeah bass player was like that. sitting on the bass amp and he had a stomp pedal so you could hear like the kick sound yeah and to add with his bass but mm. you couldn't tell where it was coming from and everything was so relaxed on stage you're like how is this so groovy <laughs> and it was, it was him sitting on an amp being making the groovy sound it was incredible yeah he was yeah. just locking down the rhythm department so wonderfully yeah yeah they they both both songs and i and i, I want to specifically talk about uh Oh my God! Whatever, etc. In depth, but <laughs> both, yeah, it's amazing. But it's both crazy. songs are like it, there's a very similar melancholy. Right. There's there's a yeah. there's a bittersweetness to both. Yeah. Um. It, you know, he talks about uh, one of the lyrics that I, I'm a big story lyric guy. Yeah. It's huge. I, I grew up as a writer, so like that's always what's the melody, and that speaks to me loudest. First, yeah. cool. and then I kind of go from there. But well, and Ryan Adams is a really good example of that because mm-hmm. he's so poetic, yeah. and I feel like he doesn't try to fit into rules or parameters. He mm-hmm. just sort of lets it, lets the story come out as it is. And if there are rough edges, it's like oh, they're right. supposed to be there. Yeah. Whether he did it consciously or un- like subconsciously, yeah. it, not unconsciously, that would be impossible. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> How to write a song <laughs> with Donna Hoss. Hats out with a pen in your hand. Yeah. Well, there was a part, I'm sure there was a part oh, of his life where he was a little bit unconscious about a lot of things. But but he, I've but always no. just gravitated to his writing, though, because actually Chris and I have a debate on this, because he, it seems like, puts out everything he writes. So I feel like you get some sketches along with full masterpieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love like diving in and hearing all of it. It's and the then later being work. like, maybe that song influenced him writing this song mm-hmm. and like trying to put yeah. together the... Put the puzzle piece together? Yeah. That's like, a, I look at his work like it's a full gallery and yeah. I love it. That's yeah. a mega version of how you explained how songwriting comes to you, though, is that you're like trying to do that for... Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. So you are on your own version of him? So yeah. you are taking some somebody that you know just like Chris does with recordings you are taking somebody that that uh, you know you appreciate and that you admire and and trying to figure out how they're oh, yeah. doing it mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. it, but in the own way that applies to your songwriting too yeah T- totally yeah. well I, yeah. I, like you were saying his storytelling but also his poetic license too because there's a little bit of open you know cryptic open for interpretation aspect yeah. um, in there that's a a nice Thing. A, a friend, um, Havla, an artist actually here in Austin, she pointed that out one time. She was like um, talking about, she pointed out a, a pinpoint a few lyrics that are sort of open and leave you kind of like they're a little more fantastical, Guessing. dreamlike, you know. Yeah. Um, and and that and that and that's cool to have such an intact story with a few little things that sort well, of make you out wonder. Well, and you both because. like, and I and I and I don't mean to say you like because I know that you guys it's a joint effort on the writing and everything. Oh yeah, sure. Um, but in your in you two in both of your in your song, mm-hmm. just gonna, <laughs> uh, in, but in your song and the Ryan Murphy song, um, there's a lot of like back and forth where you you say something clear cut. But then it's followed immediately by a metaphor, right? That okay. that's yeah. supposed to you know kind of give you a loose like you may interpret it this way. Yeah. yeah. Well, sort of a context, but you know, like he says, if I could, if I could, I'd fold myself away like a card table, concertino, a Murphy bed. But yeah. I wasn't built like that. I love that. One. And then he says a couple more layers. And he says, yeah, I just worked two shifts. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, to me it was like. That's you know that's wait, open for interpretation. Yeah, right? well, you, you when you operate in that sort of like this, there's almost a sense of like relief in the distraction of endless work to be yeah. done and like staying mm-hmm. occupied and just constantly yeah. going and like and then he says you know he says like I, I wasn't built 
like that. He's like openly admitting that he wasn't built to just hide away. And do you, do you also feel that struggle of like, like you were made to do more. So a life where you're just more one of the crowd is not in the cards. They tip, but not enough to knock not me over. Not enough to knock me over. And I'm, I'm so, so tired. tired. It's so good. Yeah, it is it's a so beautiful good. song. Yeah, it's that's good. Like you can extract little parts of every. It's a yeah. It's a really well written song. This was like Chris and I have this thing where we will both gravitate towards the same song on an album or the same part of a song where we'll both. It's like eating a meal and you're tasting all the flavors and both of us will pick out the same part of the yeah. food on the plate and be like, oh, but this is the, you know what I mean? And like, we always agree on that, that soundscape. Yeah. And this song was one of the first ones that we heard, like we had both heard it independently, but we came together listening to it together and we were like, oh, this song, yeah. you know? And I don't think we've ever had a conversation like this like we are with you guys where we picked it apart and thought, what is it about this song? It was more that we just both were like, ah, we both know this song. That's one of my favorite parts about having these conversations uh, with artists so far um, is that for some reason, I always kind of get into this default where I'm like, um, you know, I see somebody or I hear somebody that's doing well and I either think, um, you know, I wonder what they love or like what they're listening to. Or for some reason, I'll think uh, they maybe. I wonder if they even like other mm. music. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I mean it's obvious once you think about it that oh everybody's a super fan. Yeah. Like you you can you cannot be this devoted to the craft without being a super fan. Yeah. Although yeah. um, oh, yeah. we all we all steal. Like we like that's the learn you know learn learn to steal like an artist. Mm -hmm. Like. That's we're we're all like complimenting each other. Yeah, well, I feel like I'm in like the constant school of my records. You know, like I'm listening to it and I'm learning from every single one of the artists that I'm listening to, and I feel like that's a good majority of our day, especially when we're on tour, is listening to music and being in the car and being like, "Oh my God, this album is <laughs> so good." Yeah. yeah, whatever it is. What's interesting yeah. because, um, and when we first started talking about this process, I'll just say it. Miranda was a little like, "I don't want to talk about what influence because then people will compare me to that and realize it's not as good." And then, and, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I get that, and I get that. Um, you know, I think it's really interesting, especially whenever they start to, whenever an artist gets sued for copying another artist, mm. um, like the. Uh, was it the, the Strokes tune, The Last Night, mm. that song? And they're like, no, we're just trying to recreate. And they, and they, they maybe I'm, maybe it's, it's not a solid example, but a lot of times whenever that happens, they'll be like, oh, you were copying this. And they'll be like, no, actually I was trying to do, I was trying to emulate <laughs> this. And then they'll show you what they were trying to emulate. And you go, oh yeah, I could see that. And it's always <laughs> like, that, that, that happens though. We're like you, uh, because it's all, you know, it all is relative to each other. It's all music. And so, um, but I think it's interesting to see what people were, yeah, where that interpretation happened. You know, because even when you try to just straight up copy something, it's really interesting because you, you can't. No, you can't I just the same way. Like I can never copy something. Yeah. I wish I could, because then maybe I would be a pop star. Well, it's like you <laughs> said. It's kidding. like you said. It's like uh, it's, it's it's putting the piece. Very sad. You have the production <laughs> notes from first year. Strike and yeah. that shit out. Well, because originally the question was like, pick a song that influenced another specific song, and for right. that. For me, I'd have to go, I'd give you one of my songs and I'd have yeah. to take it line by line and be like, okay, so this line was influenced by this right. album and this artist's mm. This line true. was influenced by this one yeah. line from this one artist's song. I mean, it's piece by piece But by part piece. of that is also an exercise from from us when we discussed the, the model. Mm. So we were like, we want to give them like, an exercise yeah. to like, yeah. To, to open up your brain and yeah. Exactly, to, right. do, to do the work of, well, what can we both like you know or yeah. if it's a band like what can we all agree mm -hmm. sort of could be influenced to this song or if not if that's too much then influential to this like this time in the body of our work yeah 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 sure yeah. Um, it's almost like studying like like medicine or something or biology it's like the study of something that already is it's not like you're creating it you're like studying something that already it's kind of like going, going just back. for the record, it's interesting that Miranda had that, like, I don't want this comparison because then these things will, like, when I, I never once thought, oh, I'm comparing these quality, we're quantifying mm -hmm. the quality oh, yeah. of these things. Mm. It was all, it's always for us, I think I'm speaking for all the hosts, that it's really more about the, the feel and the influence and how, and how you write your songs and yeah. what the process is. And 
I, I'm. Well, that's what I always. That's what I like hearing. Yeah. From artists, it's like, what are you listening to? What do I need to be listening to? Yeah. I thought we were putting some stuff <laughs> down right now. I missed some stuff, and I was like, I don't know who Blind Pilot is. Oh, of course, I knew so Gillian Welch is, so but great. like, I don't know this combo. No, but it's great, and so this is yeah. I like I like the song aspect of it. I would I would even say like albums because sometimes people are like, well, "Who's your favorite artist?" I'm always like, "Well, I mean Led Zeppelin," because whenever I have to think about an artist where I like their whole body of work, yeah, I have to pick Led Zeppelin or the Beatles, like Eric Clapton, like everybody else does, because that's that they're a body of work artist. Now, if you want to talk about an album. Than the Coldplay Parachutes album, but I would never say who's your favorite artist, Coldplay. Coldplay yeah. You know, people be like, yeah. "Well, now do what?" <laughs> <laughs> but see, but see, our model of like getting the song mm-hmm. just led you to talk about Coldplay and Led yeah. Zeppelin, right. and like if we were to go pick an album, then right. we could be here for five hours yes, right. talking it's about that one album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, nothing against Coldplay. We would love to have you guys on the show. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can cut that later. I'm, I'm I don't give a shit about Coldplay. That is one of those moments that was if just the read on the voice cool. for a minute. We got to meet Chris Martin on the voice. Yeah. Yeah, that was magical. Fantastic. That was pretty great. That's Chris cool. had a major man crush. Oh yeah, God, that was. That guy, that guy he was, was magical. just no like no a reason not. He was one of the guest He's a coach for part of it. Magical dude. Um, I've never been. A huge sure. super fan, but I hear the beauty that he's doing. I just it's not my thing. But yeah, yeah, I what, listen to the parachute. How, how do you, why do you say he's magical? Uh, he just cares. He's a very incredible. charismatic person, you know. Huh. Like he's just he just kind of has so a certain glow to him. He walk he walks into a room and you want to talk to him. I mean, you know, it was he has those... a very humble presence mm-hmm. actually. And like when but, we were performing for him, right. he was doing critiques for everyone and. He, I had to like search the room for him while we were performing because he didn't sit in the coach chair like everyone mm-hmm. else did. He sat on the floor, he sat on the floor <laughs> like <laughs> hidden like a child with like child wonderment on his face. And I was just like, you could see his heart outside of his body wow. like resonating. It was beautiful. You know, some people do cool things. Other people are inspiring people. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he's an inspiring person, you know? In general. Yeah. yeah. Like you like look at him like that dude, that's how you do it. Like like yeah. you wanna like figure out how to I mean, whether or not you like his uh, his art or his product or whatever, it's his you know, it's his person that makes him inspiring. That's yeah, such a I cool little that. sidebar. Yeah. I see that. Because I wouldn't know that <laughs> yeah. about that artist. Yeah. You'd like him. I, I like. I, th- I think. You'd Everybody be like, likes I him. think you'd be. Like, you'd be like. I would like. I him. just kind of like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I like. Yeah. Any, I anyone that's a, anyone that's a celebrity or 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 a well-known musician or well-known, people are like, like, yeah, he's an asshole though. And it's oh, like, yeah. how do you know he's an asshole? It's like, well, my friend had this one time where right. his uncle was down at this restaurant and they saw him Went and he to told him in an elevator and was talking to him in an elevator. Which a and he was totally rude. A couple yeah. people told like, us that before the blind audition. They were like, you can't pick Adam Levine because he's an asshole. And then actually all of my interactions with him with him were that he was an incredibly nice, genuine person who yeah. was like real with us. I kept forgetting he was yeah, a celebrity. Right. So my experience fake. was well, a lot of times when people say that it's like, oh they're not very, they're not very good at being fake is what you're really yeah. trying to say. Uh, yeah. That's good. Yeah, they're that's very great. genuine socially. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're a stranger thing. and they don't know you and you just came up it's expecting true. them because you've seen them so many times on TV that they're gonna just be like, Hello oh wonderful gosh, friend. Funny. It's it's so nice to finally see you. You're so right. That's that's like a psychological situation. Sure. That is actually a thing that But there but there are like there's like five percent of celebrities who who have enough experience to know exactly how to react to that situation. Like mm-hmm. one of them is Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, yeah. And he's just like you know he says he's like yeah I'm out and I see people staring at me and I'll just go hey you want yeah. a picture yeah come on yeah, let's take a picture I'm Tom Hanks awesome, but he's like extrovert yeah but yeah, he's yeah. also yeah. but he's yeah. also yeah but Tom Hanks has been in the game for decades yeah, yeah and he's at the time to like. I would really assume, like, there's also an actor. Like, how many musicians? Yeah. Sure, sure, that's sure. true. There's that's a, true. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a different thing between yeah being an actor and, and yeah. Like, well, that's an interesting yeah. point that you're it's bringing up because this ties back to I, I mentioned this and then we kind of sidebarred, but so he you know he's talking about the the chorus. Oh my God, whatever, etc. Mm-hmm. But he's talking about this like insane go 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 life. Like and and how he can't fold himself away. Like he's just gonna. I'm just gonna keep plugging away, and just work myself to exhaustion all the time. And it, you know, and I I know when I get into that go 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 mindset, that chorus 
is absolutely correct. Someone comes up to you and you get off tour or whatever, and they're like, hey, oh, hey, Chris, what's been going on? What are you been doing? <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, whatever. <laughs> like, or I am. I'm like, I'm like, I really want to, like, if I haven't seen someone for a couple months, I'm like, I really want to fill you in, but, like, what am I supposed to be, like, a lot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I feel and, like there's a certain... Uh, like aspect to it where he's talking about well he's talking about this character mm-hmm. and I, I read it as a female character that he's like um, and and I feel like he's kind of taking this um, sort of like um, like when someone just kind of resigns to their activities mm-hmm. and they're just kind of like this is what I do it's like I'm doing this is like this is my job this is my this is how I make money and like and when people get in that place where there's like um and it's a it's a weird place to it's a weird place to be in like um, it's hard to explain that's why this song is so important because it encapsulates this weird place that sometimes people find themselves in where you're just kind of like on autopilot you know mm-hmm. and you're um, you're just kind of going with what your circumstances are and like that's oh my god whatever you know etc this is just the way it's just the way it goes you know and I'm just kind of doing my thing. And I don't know. I guess maybe that kind of it's relates. It's a bit a of de- like you're desensitized a little, which is yeah. Like that oh my god, whatever to me relates to like Facebook when you're fl- like scrolling through and you see like there was a shooting yesterday. Four people died. It wasn't crazy. There was crazy. It was crazy gunman. And then you like scroll to the cute Halloween picture that someone posted <laughs> of their kid, and it's like oh my god, whatever. And you keep going, you know. And that's to me that's insane that we're at that point of desensitization. That it's just a that's squirrel. a good analogy. Yeah, but there's a little bit like, I guess the the parallel to with um, with never feel alone. The the original song is that um, there's a, a you know finding a, a, the solution, and the solution for the character in never feel alone is to um, to travel is to to, to keep to keep to keep moving. You know, Rolling Rolling Stone kind of right. aspect. And um, whereas the solution made for the you know the protagonist around Adams is screw it oh my god whatever etc you know like just Back blah, emotions, whatever yeah. yeah like that's the you know everybody's got to kind of you kind of got to find your your solution you know and everybody's got their own solution for the 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 problem of being alive <laughs> yeah. and being overstimulated and, yeah. or what you yeah. know like. Yeah, or whatever you're, whatever it is you're, you're, you're personally dealing with your internal landscape you're, you're dealing with is like you're trying to find that solution and that's one solution. Another one is this guy that travels and some people are just you know they just pour themselves into their work and you go through different solutions and different stages of life. You know, I think it's cool to. Do you? I mean, do you think it's just like a a human conflict with dissatisfaction that we just work towards a balance for the rest of our lives on? Yeah, probably. And you go through different. I mean. Um, that's what's so great about music is that it's so nice to have something that speaks to where you're at to remind you that um, thousands of human beings have been where you're at and or at least one other person who decided to put it down to music wow. mm. and there's like proof it's you're never proof alone right there you know what's interesting about what you said so sometimes i can be desensitized about shows because i mean and then a foul mood when i get there or mm. whatever and i play in a big brass band and what just recently i was in the foulest mood like i was in a mood i could not shake it was one of those nights and i was doing this really fun show Later, the, the next day, the emails came in that there was, like, a cancer patient in the mm-hmm. audience and that they were, like, yeah. literally laid out to see the show. Yeah. Wow. And that was their most joyous time out of the hospital in the last... And I was like, I I'm a fucking cool. asshole. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I was completely self-absorbed mm-hmm. in this moment of beauty and I didn't even think about what might be out there that yeah. I could serve or be of service uh-huh. to, um, and in that moment, help me realize, like, that was my most desensitized moment, and I thought, gosh, well, a if bunch I could of, just... There's a bunch of ego in all of that, too, though. Like, there's, like, the, the, negative, the negative side, but the negative side, because there's a positive side to ego. It keeps us alive. But there's, like, the negative side, too, that does go to, oh, my God, whatever. Like, you know, I don't care. Like, I don't I care about like any Brian of this. Dar- he has a darkness like, there, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Really well, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like, that's the bitter... To the sweet, <laughs> that is yeah. that is like that yeah. that um, 
Did I read? Did I make up? Isn't that song about a prostitute? That's that's kind of how I read it. Yeah. Did, huh. did someone else, did he say that? Did he divulge that? Or did we just make that up? I, I think know. it's in the lyric. Is it? I don't yeah. know. I just, I knew that that was makes, part of the story. It makes the character. sense. It makes sense. Let, let, lovers moan each other's names. So that some name, names change and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember if that's actually what it was about or if we just made that up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that's interesting, though. It When I heard your song, um, it seemed to me that... You're moving into Never Feel Alone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that cool? That's cool. Um, the per- <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought just, we were kind of headed in I'm, there. Already. I'm saying it for the, for the oh, okay, listener. Oh, okay, cool. Sure. Good. Um, the protagonist, to me, seems that he, that to be a real loner. I don't know. That's what I got from it. And I guess, like, let's hit the open road alone is how I read it to mm-hmm. and I guess I thought I don't know that it's the song seems to be asking questions and I didn't really know what kind of questions they were asking and we might have answered that already yeah. um, but it seems to me to be about loneliness and I don't know well and to me it sound like so so this is a lot of times what we do is we like we'll talk we'll get your interpretation about the other song should, and then yeah. and then we'll tell you our interpretation. Should have not even said anything about oops. about ours. Oops. No, oh, no, 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 that was great. But like, no, to, I love hearing. I love hearing. To me, it sounds. What's up? <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead. No, it, it's just everything is everything like you know. It's it's not told from a first person perspective. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you narrating right, something. Right. Um, uh, and it sounds to me more like someone that's trying to convince themselves they'll never feel alone more than someone who actually believes a word of what they're saying. Right. Uh, and, like, first of all, I want to... It, who wrote the lyrics to this song? Chris wrote this Chris song. This is one of the few songs on the album that is not a co-write, and, and you... I don't know if you want the story of how it was written quite yet, or did you want to continue? I was just—I was wondering, but I, yeah, I'll I like to, hearing the interpretation. Yeah. Um, I, really hear the interpretation. Uh, I, you know, I like one thing again. I'm lyrics and story. Uh, there was a part: the waves that crash against the shore remind him of the heart that beats in his chest, and then he pays no mind to the changing tide. Um, and like that's something that I always—I always think about just to remind myself that I'm human. And sometimes I'll just like like feel my pulse mm-hmm. but like you you tie you tie everything a lot back into the ocean right and the coast and then we were talking before the interview about how you were looking at property in southern california <laughs> and i was like oh it's funny i'm gonna get into this conversation with him um but you know like there you you set up a metaphor um about him checking in with his heart but then he's not listening yeah He's not even. He's 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 turning around and going. Well, I don't care where the tide goes, even though that's what I'm using to remind myself that I'm alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is a heavy, heavy emotional conflict there. Um, do you work those kind of things into your lyrics on purpose, or do you think that, like, is that part of your songwriting, or is that something that Austin is inventing? Um. Well, it's, it's, you know, it, it, I always, uh, metaphors, I always speak in metaphors, uh, but the, you know, I think cooking, cooking is, is a really good metaphor for songwriting because you can uh, be very basic and you start off with really basic ingredients, you know, making things a really nice, solid, tight rhyme with, you know, certain melodies and like a, a good lyrics and avoid, you know, um, uh, passe kind of things like, you know, phrases that are tired and used. Um, and so, but there are certain things where like you, you do things without thinking about them. Like you cook this on cast iron and it creates a, a browning effect on the outer part of the egg and the inside is a certain kind of gooey that you wouldn't get if you cooked it on stainless steel. But you're not like, at some point you just do it on cast iron because that's what you do and that's what you found like intrinsically. Yeah, by feel. And that's the same way with songwriting. And so when someone says, So did you pick the cast iron because it gives you a nuts <laughs> crispy and you're like, No, I just always use cast iron mm-hmm. for I mean eggs. the answer is yes and no. Yeah, so yes, exactly. So it's yes and no. Um, yeah. but uh, I, this there's not a lot of lyrics in this song. Every lyric was pretty hand picked on this. 
but there are definitely certain elements um, and I love metaphors and so the ocean made a great metaphor for this person who is aware of their humanness their um, mortality mm-hmm. and um, but also uh, draws a certain separation from you know like they're separate from it and wants that separation to um, to cope mm-hmm. you know so, yeah, like a coping thing. I thought there were interesting parallels and just like, you know, having the conversation about you looking properties in California, mm-hmm. thinking about the album cover of <laughs> well, like I, I, the ocean where Chris is looking out at the ocean and Miranda's looking at us. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> this I mean, guy I and water. I think the ocean, yeah, it weaved <laughs> its way into almost every song on the album. There's and a lot of water. I feel like when Chris and I co- songwrite together, uh, we like are in each other's dreams if that makes sense it's like mm. you're, we're we're awake obviously we're not actually asleep dreaming but it's like we're visualizing the same visions in each other's heads without mm. talking about it and it's sort of like you know i see he says a lyric that has something to do with the ocean and without realizing it i'm saying a lyric that's something to do with the ocean yeah. because we're in like the same imaginary sharing space energy without yeah. talking about where we're at we're just in it yeah and i've never really experienced that as strong as i have with him and so it doesn't surprising that all these songs ended up with the ocean because we were probably in some like imaginary place that was by the ocean writing this album and well this one was in san diego this one was yeah, yeah. exactly we were actually in san diego yeah. at the time mm-hmm. and so. i actually saw like i saw kind of a creepy van we we're at the songwriting the songwriting thing that we were talking about earlier so there is a guy there, there was, was a van there was a van i didn't see i didn't see that was one of my questions yeah and i just kind of imagined a story about the guy i mean you definitely uh there's a certain I think there's an audio autobiographical aspect um, hmm. to most of my songwriting because that's the easiest place for me to draw from. But one of the things is an Im- imaginary autobiographical. Yeah. Like if I were to follow a different path in mm-hmm. mind, yes. yeah. mm-hmm. you know, yes, who who could I be like? What kind of person would I be? And then mm-hmm. so going that that's like method acting. Maybe I guess that sounds like how they describe method acting. And so. As opposed to just straight up observing somebody and writing their story, it's more of a imagining that story through yourself, kind of maybe, and trying to sort of take on that character a little bit. And so, in that, you know, first of all, did you guys picture a person, a, a guy, a specific kind of guy? I want to know, like, what you did you picture? My, uh, my, my first, I told Allison, my, my first thought though, when, it, when I heard a story about a man, I was like, did you really hear a story about a man? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, come on, I know, I, uh, but, but, yeah, no, I, I saw, I saw this dude who was just like running from and to something, mm-hmm. like, I, but I definitely saw someone who looked a lot like Chris, yeah. uh, you know, but, but just someone in general, like that, that's, that's the weary, the road, like beaten, like younger guy who's like she saw a younger younger guy. yeah yeah but but someone who's like you know they're they have they have the time to still convince themselves that mm-hmm. that running away from oh, yeah. something is actually running towards something mm-hmm. and, they, and they don't have to go back home and they don't have to face lyric out of our new song we just wrote it's going on the new album it's like you just dove into what we were writing that's crazy sharing that's amazing you're like there on the beach with us it was a little bit of a previous life before Miranda and I were together. I definitely was the, the guy that was just on his own in his car, just with my guitar, mm. on the road. And um, and there was a certain amount of running from loneliness, you know, that you do mm. whenever you're... That's what inspires you, I kind of think, to stay on the road. Sure. And so there was a little bit of that aspect, you know, not a little bit, a lot of it. And I think that opening, the opening line of I heard a story about, it's kind of like, um, asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, uh, if it burns when he pees. <laughs> yeah, it's like I heard a story, I heard a story about a lonely, you know, it's yeah. a little bit like that. Um, but to maybe take it, I, I took it a couple of, in my mind, took it a couple of steps further. This guy that owns, I've never owned a van. And never yeah. lived in Southern California in a van, but I imagined being slightly older and following that path and like trying to, you know, uh, fight loneliness. You know. Well, yeah, and that's that's how I took it because yeah, I know like I think all of us like uh, that go through tumultuous periods in our life can look back on them like they were other people oh, yeah. it's like sure. it's hard you know that's like one of my battles looking back on my younger self and we, and, and coming to terms i mean like over seven years your molecules have replaced yeah, yeah, enough that you were a different 
physically a different person seven That's, years ago. Well, thank you. Now, yeah. I, now, now, now I'm done with that personal conflict. I can just <laughs> let it go. Thank you, Chris. I've just had these revolutionary things in my personal life. Thank you. You're also mostly empty space. It's <laughs> 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 on a general level. At a molecular level. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's true of all of us. Sub, um, subatomic particles. But this, but this, this story that uh, there was a an article that I read uh, probably three or four months ago that was a deep dive into uh, the mental difficulties. You guys sort of talked about this, and I think Allison would have some some experience with this as well. Um, but the, the mental difficulties faced by touring musicians I when read they that return article. It was a great article. Yeah, to a regular life from the road, yeah, and like it's it's, yeah, like it's like it's like it is. It's like a PTSD. Like they come yeah. back and they're just. Like, um, yeah, I, I wanted to know how you guys faced this struggle and what you, like, It's what... definitely different together, because yeah. we had toured separately, you know, with independent bands before touring together, and it feels like a completely different experience in almost every way. I think when we come back from being on tour together, sometimes we have, like, our decompress, we have our, we'll almost always have our little, like... Miranda was like reading a book, and I'm like working on something. Like we do like very separate activities when we, we come we back. We do a couple from of those. Yeah, because so much togetherness. Yeah, like in a two-door Honda touring, it's been a lot of togetherness, you know. And we'll all like that's totally we're totally cool with doing that in those time frames. And that like rebalances us, but mm -hmm. I mean, touring in separate like as a solo artist or touring with a band. Um, and not having your significant other there, you're normally missing someone who's yeah. back home and. Um, it's just a completely different experience in that way. And with touring together, it's like half road trip, half work, and half like perpetual vacation. You know what I mean? It's it's all mixed it's together. Pretty beautiful. Lots of, lots of yeah, apps. It's pretty cool. No I'm sorry, yeah, that math did it's not like add up. 250 <laughs> percent That's okay. Math is just numbers. And numbers are just things that are opinions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it's very difficult, but it sounds also very rewarding in mm -hmm. the end. Like mm -hmm. just the the greater outweighs the difficult parts of yeah. being together with someone all the time. I think, you know I think so. Like. I mean, I've heard from some other folks who are, who've tried to perform with their significant other that it's not always like that. Like, I think it, I think it can maybe make some parts more difficult. Uh, this just happens to be the right combination right now. Like it's working for us. I don't know that that always works for everyone. Well, we, you know, and we find our challenges on the road too, I guess, like a married couple, um, any married couple would that um, but we worked them out, you know, on the road. So we're like pulling over at a rest stop, going like, "No, I don't want to eat that cup." <laughs> <laughs> no, that <laughs> but I mean, the, you know, from a, I don't, I don't know, because you, well, you tour with bigger bands, like bigger bands, but like, literally you know, bigger bands. Yeah, big, 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 <laughs> not bigger big, bands big, yeah, than y'all. Big, <laughs> big bands, but like, um, you know, I mean, being married, you're, you're, you're also like that. There are married couples who who go through the same thing, but they just yeah. live in a house together. Right. You're just living in a car together for an yeah, extended yeah. period of time. I, I, But, like, what is the, I mean, what is the emotional toil that, that it takes on you guys, though, like, in terms of, you know, friend, friends, and, like, when you, you don't, you, that, that there's a significant portion of time that you are always aware, like, we're going to have limited time. Mm -hmm. So, like, we, and not, not like you have a priority list of people, like, well, when we get back, this person gets number one, and this person uh, we're gonna put them at fifteen. But right, like yeah. you know, like you, your They're time is very precious. Friends, when we come well, yeah, you were saying when you're home, your time is precious. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. like, and when you're away, there's a there's a distance. Yeah, like, there's from some the, friends that would fall off because you're not keeping in contact yeah. with them, and you don't have time to logistically deal with friendships mm -hmm. when you're constantly traveling. Like I would, I could see, I've experienced that mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. I mean, a lot of our friends are also touring musicians, so they get it. And a lot of times we're home and we're and it's like, let's all get together. And like two thirds of everybody, they're on tour. So it's not like we're all going to be exactly. home to get together anyway. Um, or to get to go to each other's big shows because we're all, all touring. But there's cool things like FaceTime. And we all FaceTime each other. And I feel yeah. like we have really good support group of friends who either are independent creatives or musicians, like not just musicians. And we kind of, we're just in each other's corner. Like if we're having a bad day, creatively, musically, business, whatever, we call each other up and we're like, here's what's going on. And we all just put our like thinking caps on for the other one. And we're like, 
cool, here's what I do in your situation. We just have, we're surrounded by really good independent creative folks. Yeah. Like, think about it, like this huge number of people who are on our speed dial to FaceTime with anytime all over the world. And that, that's, that feels like inspiring. They're good people. Yeah. I, it hasn't always been that way. I feel mm-hmm. like I, a few years ago, was struggling with that, especially to find like creative girlfriends who were playing music because there were so many guys and we were friends with them. But I was like, but it's, there's a different set of things you're going through as a girl, especially as you're getting older. And you're like, am I going to be a mom? Am I, because how to balance that is a whole other thing. And like also being sexualized in some way on stage. There's like yeah. this whole other thing. Or even when you just want to like grab a girl and be like, I'm really upset right now. Yeah, right. I did. <laughs> so you can be like, you have that com- that female yeah. back. Which back is part of like working by yourself, like being an independent artist. You're not like part of a team. You don't have your nine to five. You don't have your like group that you go to work and have coffee with. Like I've always had in other jobs. So yeah, I just miss that camaraderie of having someone else. And I feel like I've, I've built a good group of girlfriends around who mm. are awesome musicians who I can lean on more now. But there was a while in there where I felt extremely lonely because I d- didn't have that built up yet. You yeah. know? Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. Uh, it, no, it does. I mean, I, it's like, I, 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 I ask. Dudes will never understand. <laughs> oh, no, I do. I, have a, I did I have, like turn that straight I have, to you. I have, you a, I have a significant <laughs> other who is, who is a creative yeah. female. And, and we talk about that a lot because she has, you know, she's, she has other friends who are female songwriters and artists, but they go out of town. Mm-hmm. They, you know, like, so it's like that community, maintaining that community is, uh, is always, I think, a very important part to any creative's mm-hmm. life. And I only ask because, like, most, like, I don't, I don't know what the percentage is, but, like, maybe, like, half my questions are because I'm really interested and half my questions are things I think people need to hear. Totally, yeah. Uh, and so for me, like, growing up, I've been acting since I was six. I've been playing music since I was 12. So, mm-hmm. like, I know... One thing no one ever told me about being an entertainer is like you're gonna make a bunch of friends mm-hmm. and you're gonna know a lot of people. But right. even your close friends, you're not gonna see them all that much. Yeah, like yeah. you're gonna you're gonna have to really like cherish the time you got right. when you get to spend it with them because right. you're gonna be busy. Uh, and I don't think people know that. Well, they might <laughs> they hate your ass because you never can call them, and then right. when they need you, you're not there. <laughs> and there's this whole yeah. other side. Well, what's cool? I think what's cool is that. Um, if you're the type of person to develop friendships based on oh, what are there? There's like different different um, attributes to how people make friends and like what's important to you in a friendship. And there's like friendships of virtue, and then there's friendships of like convenience. Like the people that uh, make friends, no matter where they are, they're friends with every person at their job. You know, like I was never the type of person that um, had a bunch of buddies at my job. You know, I was lucky to find one or two people that I could talk to at a job um, to help the time go by, and not necessarily. And there was like, but and the people that I that I find that I like, really um, connect with, like that's precious to me. And I think what's cool about we're, what we're doing, and we both, I think we're both kind of like this, is that we um, appreciate people um, regardless of their circumstances in life, where they're at, whether For they're sure. married, they're single, they travel, they live there, they live here, whatever. And so we stay connected to those yeah. people. And what's really cool is our job allows us to travel so much that I, I feel we get to see our true blue friends more than yeah. maybe other people in a different line of work. Yeah, yeah. Like, like my, my, my best friend, uh, Jeff, that's now Miranda's uh, great friend, yeah. uh, lives in Colorado. And we could see him like a couple times a year. Yeah, Whereas, if I told you my like handful of best friends, they're all over the country and we mm-hmm. see them regularly. Yeah. And we go and we stay at their house and we hang out and like, yeah, it feels like we, yeah, very lucky with that. Whereas if we, you know, if we were nine to five in it, we would not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we might see them like every other couple of years on the holidays or Maybe. something. Yeah, yeah. We also might never meet those people who become our really good friends because often we meet them in a town that we don't live in. You know, and yeah. then we end up seeing them a it's, few times a year. It's fantastic know. to have those real friendships with people that are available that like can you know, like friends of ours that that live here, like our musician friends that we're really close to that we would be friends with even if we were like accountants and they were scientists, they would still be like. It's it's great that um, we are in the same town, and then we're also like we understand being gone for long periods of time too. Yeah. And but we're still you know real true friends. I mean that's, those those are really fantastic. Yeah. I mean it, like it, mo- most of the people that are important to me he- here uh, all appreciate the virtue of community, and yeah. you guys seem to like make that a huge 
priority. And I, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know because I, ha- I, I haven't lived in a bunch of different uh, arts communities around mm-hmm. the country or the world, but I know t- from talking to people that are in some major hubs, there's nothing like, there's not really anything like what we have here in the support that a lot of people at least have to cut their teeth here mm-hmm. and the right. community support that's involved uh and so like that only speaks larger to the volume of like that, that this is your home base that's a huge priority it sounds like in your lives to foster community wherever you go right um even even wherever you go on your phone when you use facetime totally. uh that you have that that you have you know you just said it takes a village mm-hmm. uh yeah yeah yeah, it takes a village to support our art, but I think we also try to be a part of several other artists. Oh, yeah. Which is you know, incredibly that's, that's important. That's really important to us, too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, it, and it's... Yeah, I mean, you met, you met through a through an, a true. thing that you created for Community Songwriters yeah. Weekly. Like, <laughs> that's that's, so it's like, yeah. it's born in your story. I mean, it's built into your story. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. really awesome. That's true. That's true. Didn't even think of that good way to point out the obvious that we didn't even think of. <laughs> she's very community focused. Like the the some of the earliest I always love this. People don't know this about Miranda, but the earliest thing she did before playing music, um, her entrepreneurial stuff, she tied that to her community focused thing mm-hmm. and her sort of philanthropy focused thing. Her like uh, wanting to help out the next generation. And she used to have, like, summer camps that she ran that were, like, girls' empowerment camps. Oh, cool. And she would raise enough money so that, like, what, like, over half of the girls were there on scholarship yeah, money or something like that. Yeah, I'm bragging on me right now. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the thing, I was actually, like, the other day, I was talking to someone about this, about how I, like, I have a certain um, connection to that, but not... The, to the degree that she does. She'll make you feel like, man, I really should step up my <laughs> contributions to the community. <laughs> I'm really like, social I'm so selfish. <laughs> <laughs> but she's very, you know, that's that's a, well, a big part I of mean, her heart. I think for me, I'm driven by knowing people's story. And that's probably, like you guys probably are too, or you wouldn't be doing this right yeah. here right now, mm-hmm. asking us about our story and telling right. us parts of yours. I mean, it was hard for me not to sit down at the table and have the first thing I say be like, so how do you guys know each other? And tell me where you're from. And yeah. Tell yeah. Me about our story. Because yeah. that's, yeah. Uh, that's what I want to know. We can talk about everything. it after we turn the mic I would, I would love to know. Honestly. <laughs> I won't leave until I know. And, and I think that there's like, everyone has a story to share and a piece of wisdom regardless of age, whether they're like 90 or nine. And, and I would just like to sit down and hear their story, read their chapters. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's, that's, that is why it started, it started, this podcast started for a, a multitude of reasons, but for me, the, the community aspect was a huge part of it because I spent the better part of a year and a half just going out to shows pretty much every night of yeah. my life. And I got to know so many bands, uh, really well and mm-hmm. and got to know all these different pockets of Austin and was like, you know, I'm talking to band A over here who's part of this circle and band B over here who's part of this circle and both are like equal in draw mm-hmm. and notoriety and, and I would talk to them and they would be like, oh yeah, I've heard of band B but I've never listened to her right. the show and I'm like, exactly. what are you talking about? Like, yeah. how? So, yeah. And, yeah. yeah, Miranda might be an example of this but Austin is... Uh, is it's it's called a weak link. It's a it's a person that is that has several different like most people have a small but very very close knit group of friends. Right. And then but then you've got weak links that are the people that merge those people together. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's the person that says, "Hey, I'm going to you're at a party already and they're like, "Hey, I'm going to another party. Do you want to come meet these other people?" Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So maybe you're a weak link. Well, in we, the best. we've talked about this, like even growing up, like in middle school and high school, we were never the kid who was like adhered to a certain social group and yeah. sat with that table at lunch. Yep. We were both independently the type of kid that sort of went from one table to the next and had friends in lots of different groups. Yeah, you yeah. somehow were at the helm, though. You were always <laughs> like the, we talked about that too. Was like, she was the leader. Like she'd show up and be like, what are we doing? Okay. Oh, everybody, we'll do it like this. And then all of a sudden, everybody's listening to how Miranda's... That was a and great... Like, and they're like, we're all going to dance child. until Miranda comes back. <laughs> I was a strange child. I don't, I was, I don't know. Uh, but I was the one... I would just show up. Like, I would float in, be in the background, be like... That Play director, some wicked guitar. That director chick is cute. And then skip out. And 
And you just ghost out of the, <laughs> go to the, go yeah. to the other group. I mean, for clarification, we did not know each other in high school. No, we didn't. It was no. just an analogy. But... One of our fantasies is thinking about what would we like? Would we have been into each other back then? I think so. He's confident. He's one of our families. I mean, I would, any fantasies? Let's put this in quotes. I have never thought of this. I would have been. I, yeah, we talked. Are you kidding? We talked about that before. You, like listening to, to each other, like looking at things we used to do, and I'd be like, "Man, I'd have thought you were awesome, like organizing all this." And I'd be like, "That girl's crazy smart." He drove around in a big orange Scout, <sighs> so like it would have been very noticeable. And you drove around in a big yellow Xterra. Yeah, yeah. You would have been a pair back we can, then. We can we can tit for tat this uh, all night. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That'll be our next band. You guys are too cute. Really. Yeah. But I, I, I appreciate the insight <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, all, all of it. Do you guys have anything else before I ask the final question? No, I just, I wish that there was like, because the, the visual of watching them go through that last three minute span was just like, TV. I was just like, no, oh, I wish I had a video of that. Yeah, there's, yeah, I've been, I've been looking into the possibilities of, of doing come, some, doing some video. show and you'll see it on stage. There you go. Yeah, that's, there you that go. Would, that's, that's, yeah, this that's, is yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen them, at least watch a video. And, and then, then go see a show. And then go see a show. Yeah. And then buy all their stuff and become a loyal cool. fan. Yeah. And have Miranda shower uh, love <laughs> love for your patronage. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I always ask a question to our artists at the end of the podcast. Um, and you can whoever wants to start, what would you tell your 12-year-old self if you could send them a 30 to 60 second message back in time from now? Good oh, me go first? Yeah. Um, my 12 year old self would be absolutely shocked to know that I'm doing what I'm doing for my profession because that was my dream since I was a little girl that I would sing professionally but it was one I absolutely never pursued like I wrote songs in my bedroom and never performed them um, but loved singing and my dad would say come sing a song Miranda like family things and that was the most singing I did but um, yeah I I still am kind of shocked to look at myself and go, how did this even happen? Like, I feel like it just like happened to me. And that's, um, yeah. So the 12, 12 year old me would be like, no way. All my dreams come true. But what would you, <laughs> what would you, what would you tell her? I would tell her that. I would tell her, you tell that her what's happening. I would tell her like, uh, <laughs> don't worry about figuring yourself out and what you're supposed to do because what you want to do most is what you're supposed to do. You know, I think I didn't think that. I think I thought, yeah, well, dreaming of being a performer and a singer is a, like a fantasy thing. It's like wanting to yeah. grow up and be a fairy princess. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And I thought like something practical, which is why I got a business degree, was much more feasible. And in my life, it just turns out that actually going for my dream was more feasible. I don't know how exactly how that happened. Yeah. It did. And I wish I would have known that I would have spent a lot less years worrying about, am I on the right path? Am I doing the right thing? Why doesn't this feel quite right to me? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. That's an important thing to hear. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, great. Yeah, uh, you know that's very similar to hers. I, I would have. There was a part of me that I think kind of knew that I wanted to do that, and so I, I I tried to figure out a way to do it. But I tried to figure out a way of doing it while appeasing what was expected of me. And if I could figure out some way of articulating, I would probably have to plan this out. Like, but if I did, if I didn't have a chance to, which I don't right now, I would say um, uh, first of all. Um, uh, stay humble through this process because I think um, looking back on 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 things like um, uh, self gets in the way of the process and like being being humble would like opens more doors you know and so I would have just said um, be more humble and um, but also be be confident in what in what's driving you and don't uh, don't um, and not don't apologize apologize all you want but don't stop mm. kind of a thing mm -hmm. um, feel feel no guilt and shame um, for uh, doing something different than what's expected of you because um, what's expected of you is not um, is not purely seen by one or two people it's more it's you know there's there's more there's more and it'll unfold over time just have that confidence to move forward um, but at the same time have the humbleness to appreciate every channel and person that you interact with along that path because it'll open up more opportunities and you'll get more out of every opportunity and I would have you know 
if you can find that balance between between that, like being humble but being confident, you know, like don't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Good message. And go, go. Don't stop and go. You thought about it, go. Yeah. You know, like don't don't wait. Don't say I don't know how to just go. You know. Yeah. Move to Austin when you're 18, not when you're 20. Four twenty-five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah thanks. Don and Hawks. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Guys. Thank you for for coming. What you want to do most is what you're supposed to do. Have confidence and humility. Don't stop. Just go. Go check out Don and Hawks. Go see them live. Go watch their stuff online. Listen to their stuff on whatever digital platform you use. Buy their music in whatever form you like, but go listen. You'll thank me for it. You can find Don and Hawks on social media, Spotify, and other online music retailers around Austin, touring the country, and on their website, donandhawks.com. Next episode, we have Taft. If you've been looking for a combo of music and art to get obsessed with, then this is the interview to listen to. That's it for me. Go like On Common Ground at facebook.com slash ocgpodcast. Visit us online at ocgpodcast.com. Follow us or tweet at us on Twitter at ocgmusicpodcast. Seriously. 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 Season one, nine episodes down, five to go. I'll talk at you some more in the next episode. Later. Later.